cooked at 1,000 degrees, volcano pizza is a thing. Doctors are reporting an increase in children swallowing magnets. And a 1,000 feral cats were released onto the Chicago streets to conquer the rat explosion. These are the weird stories for Thursday on the podcast that you're listening to. It's called Weird AF News. I'm your host, Jonesy. I have three weird news stories from around the world. And here you go. Introducing Volcano Pizza. Cooked at 1,000 degrees Celsius. Where do you get this volcano pizza? Sounds dangerous. Well, Guatemala. Guatemala's Pacayo Volcano has been erupting since February, keeping local communities and authorities on very high alert because the volcano is spewing. Have you guys heard of the Pacayo Volcano? I've never heard of it. Pacayo Volcano sounds like a an alcoholic beverage that you would order from a tiki bar that has flames on top, actually. David Garcia. For David, the streams of molten lava oozing down the mountainside of this volcano have actually become his kitchen. Oh, yeah, he's cooking up some pizza. He's a 34-year-old accountant, and he serves what he calls pacaya pizza. And it's cooked right on top of the smoldering volcanic rocks. Uh, Locals and tourists come from far and wide to enjoy this volcano pizza, apparently. Here's a quote from Garcia. Many people today come to enjoy the experience of eating pizza made on volcano heat. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, <laughs> I added the laugh, but I figure anybody who's cooking pizza on a on molten lava on top of a volcano has a laugh like that. Uh, now, Garcia hangs out at the rocky area that leads up to the Pacaya Volcano Crater, and that area he has converted into his workplace. Um, he's built a makeshift kitchen, and he spreads the dough on a metal platter that can resist temperatures up to 1,000 degrees Celsius, also known as 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Garcia slathers the dough with tomato sauce, a generous helping of cheese, and, you know, if you want, some pieces of meat. He wears protective clothing from head to toe, military-style boots. He places the pizza right on top of the lava. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, you don't have to pay for um, an oven. You don't have to pay a gas bill. That's pretty cool. He announces minutes later, it's done. The cheese is melted. Ooh, the pizza looks so good, exclaims one of the tourists as the cheese bubbles on top of the volcano pizza, pacaya style. Garcia's kitchen has become a magnet for tourists that work up an appetite climbing the massive volcano. One of the three active volcanoes in Guatemala, it's located just 25 kilometers south of the capital. Garcia first started baking pizzas on the mountainside in 2013 in small caverns that he found among the rocks. Um, Garcia said, I didn't sell much the first days. His fame is now spread through social media now, and he does quite well. In recent weeks, with Pacaya regularly spitting out molten lava, Garcia started cooking the pizzas directly on the moving, the moving and shifting lava, some of which has come close to population centers. It's a potentially risky undertaking given the plumes of volcanic ash blasting into the sky by the angry beast to which some local villagers pray, pleading with it to desist. Here's a quote from Felipe, who's a tourist that's, that's tried one of these pizzas. Having a pizza cooked in the embers of a volcano is mind-blowing, mind-blowing and unique, really unique in the world. In the whole world, where are you going to get pizza cooked on the embers of a volcano. This is fabulous. 
Felipe found, found out about the pizza joint on Facebook. Thought to himself, I have to have this experience. So hiked the volcano, had the pizza. It's ridiculous just thinking that you're going to eat something cooked on lava, but it's something you can only, you can only get here in Guatemala. <laughs> well, so if you guys want some pizza cooked on a volcano, Guatemala, that's where you got to go. I wonder if they make smoothies in a tornado. Huh? How about that? What about a grilled cheese in a hurricane? No, that one doesn't make sense. Doctors in London are alarmed because more and more children are swallowing magnets. There has been a five-fold increase, in fact, in magnet ingestion over the past few years in young children amid a steady rise in hospital admissions in London caused by the swallowing of foreign objects, doctors have said, many of which are magnets. Yeah, because magnets are just delicious. How many of you guys just want to eat a magnet for lunch? Mmm. Well, most of the time, objects pass out of the body naturally, as you know. You know, you poop them out. You ever pooped out anything weird? Take a picture. Send it to me. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. I don't want to know. Don't send me a photo. Uh, maybe Actually, you could email me and tell me what it was, and we can use our imagination. So uh, most of the time, the objects pass out your pooper without incident. Button batteries and small permanent magnets found in cordless tools, hard disk drives, magnetic fasteners, and certain types of children's toys uh, are actually a little bit more complicated. They don't pass out so easily. Well, can't you like uh, like let's say you swallow magnets, right? Can't you take can't you take a piece of metal and then put it on the outside of your belly and then drag it right up your esophagus and out the mouth? Can you or, or can you just pull it the other way, right out the butt? No, Jonesy, that's not scientific at all. Okay, I'll stick to my lane. Just read the story. <laughs> There's a quote here from a doctor. You better believe I'm doing an accent because this is London, but I, I, don't, I don't know a London accent, but we'll see what we can do. We very rarely see two magnets. We usually end up seeing five or six together. Presumably, children tend to grasp a lot of them. I think the most we've had is 20 altogether. 20 magnets found inside a child. Oh, that's alarming as hell. That is freaky. 20 magnets. These types of ingestions were actually rising even before the pandemic, probably due to the popularization of digital marketing of toys to children. Yes. Between January 2016 and December 2020, there was actually a 56% increase in foreign body ingestion during this period. Over 250 children were admitted uh, across children's surgical centers in the south of England. We had they had a ninety three coin incidents, fifty two magnet incidents, and forty two button battery cases. And this is just in the southeast of London. I mean, you could extrapolate this across the world. Kids everywhere, man, swallowing things, magnets. It's just a part of life, I guess. Right when you're a kid, you just put shit in your mouth. I don't know how you stop this from happening. It's part of growing up, you know. It's called the oral stage. Have you guys studied your? Your children's psychology, the, the oral stage where you put things in your mouth to discover what can be eaten, what's okay to be eaten, and what isn't. And uh, apparently a lot of kids think magnets are something that can be eaten. I've never swallowed a magnet. I've swallowed a lot of gum in my life, though. I'd imagine way deep down in my bowels there's a lot of gum clinging to the walls. And uh, one day when I'm dead, they're going to open me up and find all that gum in there. Uh, that was weird. Sorry for sharing that. It says here, in the UK, regulations require all magnetic toys to be accompanied by a warning, but many manufacturers do not display these prominently on the toys. Well, you know, you need more than warnings. Like, those warnings don't solve the problem. A lot of toys have warnings, man. 
There's something else going on here. Parenting. Parenting can solve this problem. That's just my opinion. Maybe you guys have a different opinion. Call the show 646-450-2012. A thousand feral cats were released onto the Chicago streets to tackle the rat explosion. A Chicago animal shelter is using feral cats to tackle the city's rat problem. The Windy City has ranked number one on pest control company Orkin's list of the rattiest cities in the United States for six consecutive years, as Chicago has had the most rodent pest treatments. Uh, Chicago's number one in rattiest cities? I, I thought for sure New York City would be. I lived there for a long time, and I, I saw rats all the time. In an effort to rein in the explosion of the rodents, the Treehouse Humane Society kicked off a new program which will release feral felines into areas experiencing rat problems. Well, now you have a thousand feral cats, though. I mean, what kind of problem do you want? You want all those rats or you want all those cats? I guess cats are a better problem, right, to have. I'd rather have a lot of cats around than a lot of rats around, given that the your rats carry disease and all that. They're, and they're nasty to look at. They're just nasty. Ew. Oh, man, I've seen rats run across people's feet in a New York City subway more than once. That's a freaky thing to witness. I'd rather see a cat run across our feet than a rat, though. So after humanely capturing feral cats, I don't know, where are they getting all these feral cats? Is that many feral cats in Chicago? A thousand feral cats? That's a lot. The, so they capture them. The Humane Society spays them or neuters them, places them into residential and commercial settings with rodent infestations in order to act as an environmentally friendly rodent control. I mean, it's a good idea, but now you have all these cats I mean, maybe they'll release uh, lions to capture the cats after this. <laughs> what eats cats? I don't even know. Uh, wolverines? Just release a thousand wolverines into the city of Chicago streets to catch the feral cats afterward? The Treehouse Humane Society says only rescued cats who cannot thrive in a house or home or a shelter or cannot be reintegrated into their former colonies are used for this Cats at Work program. After receiving approval for a working cat, property and business owners are responsible for their well-being. Oh, I see. They're not just letting a thousand cats go into the streets. I don't know why I thought that. That's kind of crazy. It's like if you have a piece of property or a business and you have a rat problem, you can get one of these free feral cats. But then it's just like you're, it's now your pet, though. You got to keep it and you're responsible for its well-being. Here's a quote from uh, the website of the shelter. Property and business owners provide food, water, shelter, and wellness to the cats who work for them. In most cases, our cats at work become beloved members of, of the family or the team or the workplace. Uh -uh. So far, the Tree, Treehouse Humane Society has placed over 1,000 feral cats onto Chicago streets since 2012. Um, you say onto the streets, but like this, that's very misleading because, you know, you're giving them to a family or a business. Like they're going into a bodega or something, right? They're not on the streets. I thought, I mean, maybe some of them are. Some of them probably are on the streets. And um, I wonder if it's working. It says the cats will hunt and catch rodents on occasion, but really their presence alone is a rodent deterrent. It says here they are actually deterring rats with their pheromones alone. That's enough to keep them away. I had no idea. The rats can just smell them and stay away. 
Pretty good idea. Any of you live in Chicago? Can you confirm this rodent infestation? I'm very surprised to hear Chicago's number one. I really thought some other grimy-ass, more populated cities would be uh, higher ranked in the rat infestation list. But this is what Weird AF News is all about. You learn things. You know, you learn, guys. Millions of weird news. Weird news for me. Weird news for you. Thank you for listening all the way till the end. Uh, I appreciate all the support, all the emails I've got this week for stories. Thank you so much. A lot of weird links that you guys sent me. I appreciate it very much. This is the Thursday episode, meaning tomorrow is going to be Florida Friday. So if you come across any Florida weird news, please don't hesitate to send it my way. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. You can tweet it at me, at funnyjones. Also on Instagram, at funnyjones as well. Uh, I left the number to the show. If you'd like to speak about any of the stories that I've uh, covered today, please don't hesitate to call. Uh, I love to hear from listeners. If you'd like to support the show, check out Patreon. That's how you do it. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Or you can go to my website, weirdafnews.com, and join the Patreon from there. There's a couple other links, too, with which you could support the show if if you'd like to uh, go the extra mile and help me out. So uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to record these stories for you in a closet. I appreciate your listenership very, very much. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's Florida Friday. I hope you are as well. Please send them on over, and I will see you tomorrow, guys. Hey, Jonesy. How you doing, brother? This is Ed from Jersey Call. First of all, I want to thank you for the shout-out the other day. I really appreciate that, man. Second, I'm calling about the story you did on the man with the cage on his head to quit smoking cigarettes. Man, that is Definitely some weird AF shit right there. However, as someone who just celebrated their 13th year of not smoking cigarettes, I got to say that shit is hard AF. So if you got to put a cage on your head to quit, I mean, by all means, do what you got to do. Anyway, just wanted to say what's up. Love the show. Love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you. Peace and love. Hey, Jonesy, this is Jasmine. I am a special ed teacher in Colorado, and two of my students as our end of the year project um, decided they wanted to make a podcast. And so naturally, I was like, I keep doing this thing called Anchor. Are you sure it's called Anchor? Let's try it out. Um, and now I have been forcibly trying to put, like, cuts in their podcast that are the, like, yay, and the uh, bongos, and everything that I recognize from your show. And now they want to, like, listen back to it. And it's just, you know, it's an educational podcast about the experience of children with disabilities in school. But I just keep hearing all the sound effects from Weird AF News and giggling to myself. Um, But, yeah, Anchor is really awesome. I totally see why you use it. My kids love it. Um, My kids are actually visually impaired, um, so I'm teaching them how to use it with voiceover and accessibility features on an iPad, and it works really well. So just wanted to say thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, It's been awesome. Um, and thanks for everything else you do. We listen to you every day, and uh, my I, and my husband and I do not the children. Yeah, later they they can listen to that later. Um, but yeah, you're great. And as a ex Floridian, um, Friday is my favorite morning. So thanks. Okay, Jonesy, here we go. Here's my uh, Jonesy impression. Do you like podcasts? I mean, hey, you're listening to my podcast right now. Have you ever thought about making a podcast of your own? Uh, then try Stitcher. 
four five six zero twenty twelve. That's Stitcher. That's my Josie impression, guys. Yeah, I know I'm pretty good. No need to thank me. Pat me on the back. Um, I'm not going to sing uh, 80s rock songs or 90s pop at the top of my lungs, but uh, uh, back, tree, back, like that's something that Jonesy would say, right? Well, hi there, Jonesy. I was listening to your podcast, and I heard that story yesterday about the woman in Australia who uh, woke up and had a uh, an Irish accent. She was singing in the shower and had an Irish And I just want everyone to know that that's absolutely something that can happen to you because I had a traumatic experience myself and I, uh, I, I, I got this accent now versus my regular voice and it's just been a terrible three weeks. I've been to six different doctors now and they don't have a clue as to what might help me. And I just have to tell you that uh, this is something that is real and it can be devastating to your life. Now, I was out drinking with some of my buddies and they all left, but I kept drinking because times have been hard for me since the 80s. And, you know, I can't get jobs like I used to. And so I, I did get a little over inebriated and the cops took me in and it didn't matter my celebrity they did throw me in the drunk tank and I was in there with like at least a dozen hell's angels and they wanted my jewelry they wanted all my gold chains and and my finger rings and I did my best to fight them off but I'm just one man I can't hold off a dozen hell's angels I mean normally I might be able to take on three three good men but not a dozen and so they beat me, and I woke up in a mass on the floor, and when I spoke, I had this voice that I have now. And I just, you know, if I if I see any of those guys when I get it, I, I mean, I pity the fool who's going to take on me on a one-to-one basis or even three men. But, you know, that's just the way it is. And I just don't know what I'm going to do if this uh, voice of mine doesn't come back. But anyway, this is, uh, oh, I, I didn't say, this is Mr. T. Colin, and I just want to say that I pity the fool who doesn't believe that this is something that can happen. Your, your voice, your accent can change after a traumatic situation, and I feel for that woman, and I'm still looking for a cure for myself. So if anyone knows, just try to speak to uh Universal Pictures, and they will get a hold of Mr. T and let me know if you know of any cure, and I will greatly reward you. Thank you so much, Jonesy. I do appreciate it. Bye-bye now. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Woo, that smell. The smell of COVID surrounds you. 